Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, AudioMac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Romantic Truth Podcast. Please be advised that the content of this show is for mature audiences 18 and over due to the topics discussed. Please feel free to follow and like Romantic Truth on Facebook at facebook.com slash romantic truth. You may also listen to the podcast on anchor.fm slash romantic truth. Now, here is your host Jawson. Hi everyone, Johnson with you here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas, baby, yeah, hope everything is working well for you. We're going to discuss today, why are women so lonely? Now, women can be lonely in a relationship or not being in a relationship. It really doesn't matter in that context, because... Women are given social burdens that they may sometimes find overwhelming. And what really exacerbates the situation is if uh, she can't verbalize it or get it out. Now, there are some women that are in relationships and marriages where they really can't talk to their partner. And in some cases, the partner can't talk to them. And both may look at it as a sign of weakness. She may look at it as a burden on her partner. Her partner may look at it as shame on his part because he's the man and he's supposed to suppress his feelings. Now, women are very good when it comes down to concealing loneliness. Many of them are taught to Keep it to themselves. Not everybody know your business. And a lot of times, there's some negative feelings and thoughts that she may have that she wants to express. But she may not want to be the person that brings the doom and gloom. Now, it varies. There are over a hundred forms of loneliness in general. We're not going to go through all those today. But what we're going to do is look at some of the aspects that may contribute to a woman's loneliness. Situational loneliness is a common thing for singles to have, single women to have. They may go to an event where there are a whole bunch of singles there And maybe no one has come over to her yet or someone that she would desire to be with. She might have a courteous conversation with a person, but not necessarily someone that she feels as though she can open up to. But yet there's a sense of envy of those others that are having conversations, getting along, chatting, laughing, and so forth. So she may feel like she's kind of left out. Now, 
what may contribute to these sentiments as well is now with the advent of social media, people can be very harsh, cruel, and negative, unjustifiably. And so this may have an impact on her as well. And many times, what do people like to do? Ask you the proverbial question, hey, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. But deep inside, they're probably saying, no, I'm worried about this or that. But you don't want to inconvenience with the, the person with the way you truly feel. Because we've been conditioned as a society to deflect negative things. Because it will bring us down as we see it. Now, the one thing you have to remember with situational loneliness is that it's just what it is. Don't give it more credence than it deserves. Okay, at this present moment, you're by yourself. That doesn't mean that nobody out there is for you. That doesn't mean that you're a bad person or in some way you are less than. That means you haven't found the right person yet. And of course, what happens? People get frustrated from waiting. Well, when is it going to happen? We become impatient. Because in our society, we're time conscious. Think about it for a moment. How many times have you heard a person say, well, you know, I don't want to waste my time. As if it's their time. Time is continuum. Time doesn't give a damn whether you're alive or whether you're dead. It's still going to go forward. But we try to make it special for us. Now, disappointment is another contributing factor. Didn't get the job you wanted. Didn't get the apartment you wanted. Didn't get the car you wanted. And as I've told you before, women take rejection a little bit harder than men do. Because, and this is not to say men are better or anything, but we're just more accustomed to rejection because we face it more often than most women do. There, I'll give you an example. Most of you ladies are told you're beautiful. How many times does a man hear that he's handsome? Red. Unless she's really into him. A guy that's not even into you will say you're beautiful to make you feel better. The other thing, and this is where a lot of men make their mistake, when she feels as though she can't open up with you in a relationship and tell you how she's really feeling, or you will listen to her and understand and give her the positive reinforcement and the support she needs and not feel as though she's alone in that endeavor. Because see, once she shuts down and feels as though she doesn't have a partner anymore, you get in those relationships where you don't really share feelings or communications. And superficially, you superimpose events 
excursions in order to compensate for the problems that need to be addressed in the relationship. A sense of unfulfillment. You feel as though your life is not really panning out the way you want it to. Things are not in order like they should be. One thing that I would strongly suggest to you ladies who are battling with this loneliness, maybe you want to give yourself a break at times. Because many of you become very self-critical because those thoughts may lead you down the spiral of depression where you don't need to go. You see, as men, what we do is we take rejection as an incentive to do better. We don't take it personally and we don't take it in the sense that it's going to determine our fate. Now, there are some men that don't do that. Some men actually wear it on their sleeve and you have experienced meeting some of these men, I'm sure. The guy that doesn't want to be told no. The guy that's begging you for a relationship when you've told him no already. He's not your type or you're not interested. Yeah, he's there as well. He's desperate because he doesn't want to be alone. He wants you or anybody for that matter that will give him the attention you gave him. But the one thing he doesn't want to do is to feel the sting of rejection or disappointment, being unfulfilled. Now, just imagine if you have some of these characteristics and you get with someone in a relationship with these same characteristics, you see how that can come into conflict. You may think there's a congruency, but there are actually differences there. Because what makes many relationships work is the interdependency, the codependency on each other. When it comes down to when you're down, you shore him up. When he's down, he shores you up. And you guys balance each other out. But when it's a situation where you both are in the same boat, pulling in different directions, and then you cut off the communication, it's destined to not end well. Now, the other thing, believe it or not, fellas, for those of you who are not aware, you may be in a relationship or a marriage with your woman and she's facing sexism at work and she's not talking to you about it. Or she may have faced sexism in some other kind of way. And she's afraid to bring it to your attention because you may overreact. These are things she internalizes. These are feelings she internalizes. But she may be afraid to tell you. Or maybe one of your buddies made a pass at her or something. And she doesn't want to ruin your relationship with that friend of yours. But she kind of keeps her distance away from him. And she's afraid that she'll be the bad guy if she ruins your friendship with him. Women think on that level. 
they're considerate, more considerate than us men a lot of times. But it depends on the way they were brought up. Expectations is a big thing. They may worry about meeting expectations. The lady that goes on the first date, making sure the makeup is perfect, making sure the lipstick is perfect, making sure her dress is hanging properly. Because she is afraid of the criticism, the rejection. Ladies, let me tell you something. More women will criticize you than a man ever will. And the reason for that is because you're in competition with other women for men. Men cut down other men to get to you. Oh, you don't want to talk to him. His mustache is crooked. You don't want to talk to him. His eyes are too close together. They're not going to sit there and say anything derogatory about you if they're interested in you. The guy that does is the guy that doesn't feel as though he could get you anyway. So he has to give you the backhanded compliment to break you down to his level. You can't let that shatter your self-esteem. Because see, the whole thing for him is to get into a conversation with you that you normally would not have with a guy like him. He's got your attention. You know how the women sometimes wear these sexy dresses with the legs sticking out and everything in order to get a man's attention? Well, the guy with low self-esteem will do that in order to get your attention. He will say something that's kind of questionable or derogatory in a way in order to try to get it. Please remember one thing. That's a plea and a cry for help. Nothing more than that. So you can acknowledge that in a respectable way. You have to ignore it. The other thing here, when it comes down to social conditioning, many of you ladies have been groomed and brought up by your mothers in order to accept certain things from men when it comes down to having your feelings hurt or not getting the apology when the man was wrong. Fellas, this is another place where you really fuck it up for yourselves. Because let me tell you something. Those women that used to come to the bar that were married or in relationships, complaining, that was one of the things that they would always talk about. And they'd wear my ears out talking about it. So please keep in mind that You need to communicate with your woman. You need to let her purge. You'd rather for her to do it with you than a guy like me. I could have slept with any one of those women I chose to at any given time because they exposed their weakness. A weakness that you, some of you guys, probably never saw in your woman. A vulnerability. And some of the other scavengers out there that was 
man, you talking to her? Oh, no, we're just having a conversation. And he'd try to go and move in on her. In some cases, the guy would have the gift of gab and they'd take off together. I don't deal with married women or women that are committed, so not in my diet. But what I'm telling you is this. Take some time. Listen to her. Give her feedback. Talk to her. You want to make it where it's a safe haven for her to explore and tell you her feelings. And also, listen to me. If she says to you that she needs mental assistance, mental help, mental help in some kind of way, don't laugh, don't marginalize it, listen to her and say, honey, let's get you to a doctor, a therapist, and let's get you some help. Many times the women know what is triggering the loneliness. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that she can't communicate with her man. And she feels alone. She feels isolated. So you want to keep that door open for sure. Women are conditioned not to be a burden. Especially if they're married or in a relationship and you're the breadwinner. She doesn't want to be that burden. Pretty much like that woman I told you about that had breast cancer. And she and her husband would be intimate, but she never took off her bra or t-shirt. Never disclosing to him that she was having a lot of pain. Taking a lot of pain medication until she went to the nurse. This woman had stage four breast, breast cancer. Early stages. All because she didn't want to be inadequate with her husband. She died. You don't want to internalize things to a point, ladies, till it works against you. If you have an insensitive man and he's not listening, try counseling. If counseling doesn't work, you need to get with someone that you can talk to and express your feelings. Now, another thing too. You also... to consider that women usually perceive themselves lonelier than men and statistically they've done studies where they validated that and it's not that men are superior or anything like that we've just been conditioned for rejection early some of you ladies probably remember when you were in your junior high school and middle school years guy tried to talk to you, you didn't like him for whatever reason, you thought he was a goofball or whatever it kind of hurt him a bit but he took it and then as we age and mature we 
rejection becomes like a close friend of ours because you choose the other guy a lot of times. And even if you chose the wrong guy, we knew you chose the wrong guy, and we tell you that, you don't want to hear it, you go on with it because it's going to interfere with your narrative. That's all well to the good. You got what you wanted. You have to deal with the consequences thereafter. The other thing, too. You may also be lonely by not having friends. Now, you'll find a lot of women that will tell you, because I used to hear this all the time, especially from African-American women and Latin women, about not having many female friends, having more male friends. Ladies, let me tell you something about that in particular. Men are very skeptical of you when you say something like that. I don't have any female friends because they're messy, as if men are not. See, the one thing that some of you don't realize is that that guy that you have as your platonic friend, he's always there, Johnny on the spot, helping you out. And you always make it a point to pay him for whatever he does, whether he fixes your car or something like that. And he might tell you something like, oh, don't worry about it. He's like, no, 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 I'm going to pay you. You're doing the right thing by paying him because he wants to sleep with you. Men will go to this, that, and a third for you to be with you. And once a guy like that gets you as his woman, usually he's going to really clamp down. And he wouldn't be a good choice for you. But most of you women know this because he's just too eager to get with you. Maybe checking the speedometer and all kind of crap, looking through your phone. You don't have no time for that drama. But it may be difficult for many of you to keep those guys at bay because they're going to always try to make a romantic advance towards you. And some of you give in and say, okay, we'll go out on a date. Well, going out on a date with him, that could be a platonic date where you're just going out to have dinner. In his head, it's like, she's giving me the attention I've always wanted because he was lonely. And I'm not going to blow this opportunity and she's going to be my woman. And you're just doing it out of the kindness of your heart. You're not doing it because you have any chemistry with it. And he misinterprets it as you are coming on to him. Yeah, there's some guys with self-esteem that low. The other thing that we have to look at here some of you may be contending with depression and not realize it. Some indi indications of that? Some of you may not have bathed in a while. You put on some clothes, throw on some makeup, show up at work, you don't care what happens at work. You're over it. You go on eating binges. Turn off your cell phone. Immerse yourself in a television series. And you 
crying all the time. And sometimes you don't even know why you're crying. You need help, dear. When you get to that point, you need help. Depression is not an easy thing to deal with. Something you have to manage just like anything else. What many men do in order to fight depression, we think about, okay, I got my ass kicked here. Let me go on and see if I can do better. We treat a rejection or a failure like a fight. Not necessarily that we're going to go against the same woman that rejected us. No. What we, do, what we do is we improve what we had messed up on. And so the next woman we go for, we go right back at it. We can't take it personal. If we took rejection personally as men, every man would be in an insane asylum. really would be because we get rejected all the time especially at work you have a business proposal or something like that and you get shot down and backstabbed by one of your co-workers he's not going to go in a corner and cry first thing he's going to say is I'm going to get you I'm going to do something better than you. Competition is on. See, our competitive nature is what doesn't allow us to fall by the wayside. We have to keep that because after all, there's nobody that's going to prop us up. We don't have society that's going to, you know, cry when we cry and that kind of thing. What we'll get is a whole bunch of laughter from other men and a lot lot of other women that would just look and just say, poor fella. That's what we expect. You know, the other day, as I told you, the lady was just got a job with the state and she was homeless. And they were trying to get her to work remotely but she didn't have any place to set anything up and she was losing it. I remember when I had the money to get my own place, but I had to save it because I had medical bills for my mother to pay. So I had to forfeit my dwelling and live in my car for two years so that that medical bill could be paid. Those medical bills, I should say, plural. So, you make sacrifices. And sometimes, people are not accustomed to that because they had a different way in life. So, something like this may be devastating to someone else. To me, I had to make the best of it. I met a lot of great and wonderful people being homeless for those two years. 
people that I would have never met throughout my daily throes of life. I met homeless people that were better off than I was. Lost more crap than I would ever earn in my whole life. And you would speak with them and I was under the impression that these people were deadbeats, alcoholics, drug addicts, no. Some of those folks were people that had had enough. And I'll never forget Charlie. Rest his soul, he's gone now. He cracked me up, he says, you're homeless and you're driving a Mercedes. I said, yeah, right here in Los Angeles. And he was like, damn. He says, one thing I'll tell you, I worked in the motion picture industry. I had all this shit. He says, what you're gonna realize is that one day you're gonna wake up, you're gonna look around, Don't think about the sacrifices you've made for all of it and the larger sacrifices you have to make to keep it. And he said, one thing that I failed to realize, I cared more about the things I had than who I was. And he said, I let my wife have everything. And I just told her, I just want to be on the streets and get away from it all. And I'm sitting there, conventional thinker like I was, man, are you crazy? You were living in Homie Hills, you had this, you had that. He said, it doesn't matter. He said, my wife and kids come out to see me. He said, but I have peace of mind. And that's what he was going for. And see, sometimes, that whole capitalism thing, it will put a drive in you with things and sometimes you'll forget who you are and what you're about. And even though you have all these things, you're alone. When I met Monica, she was alone. She used to tell me about how she wished she could find someone to love and how much love she was going to give me because I was the person for her. She gave me a lot of love. That ain't no joke. I gave her love, a lot of love back and my battery got drained a many times. You never know just because a person has a certain status, you never know what's the mechanics behind them. A lot of times, it's driven by loneliness or the fear thereof. You know, it was funny, we had a client that came in when I worked in financial services. And he had just gotten uh, some money from a settlement, pretty good amount of money. And um, he said, you know, he says, funny. He said, I'm going to have all these people coming to me, friends and everything, family coming back, speaking to me once again. And I don't even know how to handle it. When I was struggling, when I was injured, when I went through all this, 
My family wasn't there. My friends weren't there. Nobody was there but me. And he said, it was lonely out there. He says, but now I'm going to have money and still be lonely. And he said that he resigned to the fact that he's going to have to buy friends. He said, these will be people that are around me that I really don't trust, really don't like. But I don't want to be by myself. That was a hell of a situation to be in. But people will find themselves in situations like this. Now, let's go on. Substance abuse. Sometimes a result from being perceived as being alone. You get into drugs, alcohol, to numb the pain of loneliness. You want to save yourself before you get to those points of depression, drug abuse, those kind of things. Things that are self-inflicted sabotage. Because the quicker you can address something like this, the better you'll be. Now, when it comes down to socialization, it's not like you got to go out and, you know, be the life of the party or anything like that. Start small. Intimate conversation. What I found believe it or not talking to strangers you learn a lot from them and they have no incentive to lie to you and as you learn more about them they learn more about you you kind of create a little confidence in the way you interact with people. And once that happens, it makes it much easier to transition and to go and broaden the conversation with other people. But it takes time. But it has to first start from you lightening up on yourself. Quit going in that negative pattern. Sometimes we intend to go there. Because that's our companion, the loneliness. Gotta let that go. Let me tell you, as many of you know, I'm disabled, visually impaired. I can still see, but I can't see in detail, granular detail. Now, with this, a lot of those so-called fair weather friends that were there because they were benefiting from you, as I've always told you, whenever there's change, for the better for you, or even for the worse, when they can't benefit anymore, they're the first to leave. And a lot of you feel as though you're lonely because those people have left you. Be thankful they have. 
because they only had one intention in mind and that was their own benefit, not yours. Inclusively. I'm glad now that my circle of friends is very small. Oh, it was very large at one time. But then I had to start realizing a few things. As I changed, as I aged, when they didn't see any more benefit, they peeled off. Lightened my burden going forward, which helped me out a lot. Can make more declarative decisions without those others trying to hold you back by having doubt to keep you where they are where they would like for you to be, where they benefited from you. The naysayers, when I first started this podcast, I let them go. And these are the very people that are now trying to become guests on the show, and I won't let them. Not because they have any hate or animosity or anything like that, but you're not going to benefit again off of me as you did before at my expense. The next thing. Grief. Grieving alone is never a good thing. Never a good thing. always best to have someone to grieve with. You can express yourself without internalizing your feelings. It's important. Very important. I think one of my ex-girlfriends to this day, when my mother died, she was there for me. that much tighter as friends. Social anxiety is another. You know, sometimes what you literally have to do to yourself is get into the mirror and tell yourself, I love you. Whether your hair is done or not, whether you have your false teeth in, if you wear dentures, whether you, no matter what, appreciate yourself. And trust me, people will appreciate you as a result. You've invested in yourself. By loving yourself, they can invest in you by loving you. Now, some women are impacted by miscarriages. This is a devastating thing for a woman. Some men flippantly ignore this. And the worst thing a man can do is try to make a woman feel worthless because she had a miscarriage. You ever want to ruin the relationship? That's the way to do it. 
she already feels bad for the loss. And she may feel alone. She may feel like a failure. She may not want to be with her partner because of this. And fellas, you got to understand that you got to give her that reassurance that it's okay. She tried her best. Loss is a tough day. I remember in the Marine Corps, they used to tell us, there's a good possibility some of the people you're joking with, sharing the barracks with, may not make it after a mission. And you gotta understand that you all are risking your lives. Some of you may come back, some of you may not. There's a staff sergeant I met while I was in the Marine Corps. And um, he had served in Vietnam. And he had got busted down the staff sergeant. Made it all the way to first sergeant. And he still had issues. Because in Vietnam, there was only about five people out of this platoon that made it back home. They got caught up in an L-shaped ambush, not too far from Way. And the way he talked about that situation, he described it so vividly that it ran chills down my spine. He was living with survivor's guilt. got back from Vietnam, he divorced his wife. She didn't understand. She thought she had done something wrong. And he said that he couldn't stay married to her because he couldn't treat her fairly because of the anger and the torment and everything else that was inside of her. And so it was best for him to stay in the Marine Corps. She wanted him to get out. And of course, he had some disciplinary problems that got him busted down in rank. Based on it. We have different ways of coping with things as we face them. Another thing, fellas, if your woman tells you that she's pregnant or a woman that you slept with don't automatically go for, well, let's go get an abortion. No, mm -mm, no. You want to talk to her and find out not only what she would like to do, but support her in her decision. I know most of you guys don't want to pay child support, but you should have had a plan before you guys slept together where you guys talked about the probability of pregnancy. I know once you get those hookups, you don't give a damn about that, but you should. So you know exactly 
how to approach it, what the plan is, at least you guys have a starting point. Instead of living life through crisis. Living alone is another impactful thing for women. Now, I hear a lot of women say things, especially in their 50s, I don't want another relationship. I don't want to be with a man. A man is of no use to me, etc., etc. I've heard so many women say this, but they don't live by it. They're actually emancipated from a bad relationship, usually. And now they're venting. Now they're letting out their feelings. Because they couldn't while they were in it, or at least they perceived that they could. This is how a lot of these women come out of relationships so bitter. And no men want to talk to them. And therefore, by default, it leads to them being lonely. And as soon as a guy goes out on a date with her and then she starts with the negative comments, he doesn't want to deal with that. He doesn't even want to find out why she's that way. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. You see, there are no good men out there. What did I tell you? That confirmation bias kicks in. And she doesn't realize the whole time it's her. It's not men. Ladies, you've run across men like that, I'm sure. Been divorced, they're angry at the world. But they still fail to look at the choice they made and the partner they got. Just like some of the women who do this, especially when they marry young, too young, and stay in too long, and get too little out of the marriage. As far as we go. The other thing. Romantic needs not being met. he's spipped up, he's got his cologne on, and he's ready to go out. You're still sitting there in your moo. He hadn't even thought about asking you to go with him. Nope. The one lady on TikTok shot a video, husband came back in, slamming the door, sitting down on the couch. Mad at the world, turned on the TV remote, dressed to the nines. And she was saying, my husband was going out to see his mistress and she's with her husband tonight and he's frustrated. She was in her nightgown. They just put the kids to sleep. And every time she would mention something about relationship at a start an argument. So she quietly let this man voluntarily cheat on her. There were other men in the comment section said, you know I would treat you a hundred percent better than he will. But she felt as though it was her duty and her burden to stay with him. thing you have to realize a lot of people stick by their wedding vows 
couple of things you need to realize. True enough, it's a promise. I'll grant you that. And true enough, it's a contract between two people. But as long as it's made by man, it can be broken. It's a thing called divorce. If things are not working out the way they should, staying for the kids, staying for property, staying for superficial things, it's not a legitimate reason. one woman stayed in a bad marriage because she said no other man could afford a lifestyle like he's given me and I'm like yeah but shit he's got more women pregnant we see him in the club he be walking around the damn girl showing three or four months down the line then they'll bring another girl in she's showing I'm just thinking all that money that's leaving that household that was his thing spreading his seed you have some people that are like that romantic needs for a woman when they're not fulfilled leads to loneliness and that loneliness makes her feel isolated and many times she'll go online and start chatting before you know it, she strikes up a conversation with someone who gives a damn and who will listen. Women are very slow to cheat on a man. If she's really into him, if he hasn't done anything like cheated on her. Because see, this is neglect, emotional abandonment. As I told you, the biggest thing that will break you up when it comes down to loneliness, emotional abandonment with the woman and exile with the man. Emotional abandonment basically is just what it is. He's going on living his life. Everything's great in the marriage as he sees it. And it's her problem that she's at home by herself. When a woman is exiling her man, she just does the bare essentials to keep the house functioning. Mainly for the benefit of the kids, more so than anybody. So he's only eating a meal because she cooked it for the kids and made an extra plate for him. Because he's done something that was out of line. Not always the case, though. There are some mean people out there that just do it as well. Disability is another one. And this hits hard, especially for women. Because aesthetics is a big thing for women. And they're the first to tell you that they're embarrassed about carrying a cane or whatever their 
carry along with them. Because after all, they're the ones that are supposed to make the judgments and decisions on the man. And they perceive it as a vulnerability. And we get it all the time, ladies, as far as rejection. I don't want anybody walking around me with a stick. You need to dye your hair. I tell you things like that all the time. As men. Well, I don't want you walking around looking like some old fogey. I don't want you wearing polyester. They can make those comments to a man, but a man would be beating up a woman verbally if he said anything about her. So you still have that imbalance. And so what happens in many of these instances that we've discussed so far, the women will isolate themselves from the man. We're going to continue in just a moment. All right, let's continue here. Gender identity. Some women are struggling with that and feel alone. She may have feelings for a woman, even though she's in a straight or heterosexual relationship. She could have had children and everything else, but she has a desire to be with a female or a transgender person. It can happen. And again, this is something they probably can't share with anyone because they'd be embarrassed by it. And this becomes problematic. One of the reasons why these people contact my show, they reveal things that they can't reveal to other people, even in their own relationships, marriages, families, because they will be looked down upon. much easier now than it used to be when I had the blogs and the bulletin boards. People would write and then they'd delete. Write and then they would delete. Because they were so phobic about family members and friends finding out. So this platform makes it much easier for many of them. The one thing that I have run across more than anything when it came down to people that were married, women that were married when I was out there on the dating scene for those 30 plus years. I can't tell you how many married women I ran into that had sexless marriages. Now, they felt lonely based on this premise. Some of them had husbands with erectile dysfunction. Others had husbands that had girlfriends and basically the wife was nothing more than just somebody that probably slept with them once a month while the girlfriend was sleeping with them at least three to four times a month. It varied. But one thing that was consistent was the fact that these women didn't feel sexually satisfied. 
even though some of them had tried having sex with their husbands, it just wasn't there. I knew one couple, the wife had a boyfriend, the husband had a girlfriend, and both of them knew about each other's external partner. And when she would call the house to speak to my friend's husband, she hand the phone to him. When her boyfriend called, he'd hand the phone to her. But nothing was happening between the two of them. They had quit having sex about 10 years prior over arguments. They still loved each other. They still went on vacations together. And usually they would go on vacation as a foursome. It was kind of odd, kind of weird. And she used to tell me about it. You know, we went to so-and-so and we did this and we had so much fun. And I'm sitting there and I'm saying to myself, ain't no way in the hell I can do that. I said, you guys have a special talent that I can never acquire. But for some people, things like that work. But it all depends. Pregnancy can also have a woman feeling lonely in the sense that, yes, she can have friends on social media and so forth, but she can still feel isolated because in her household, she's the only one that's pregnant. She's got anxiety sometimes about hoping that the child is not a special needs child, hoping the child will come out healthy. And there are other pressures too that a lot of women put on themselves that they shouldn't have to. Oh, I'm not to lose the baby fat after I have the child. I hope I don't go through postpartum depression. So there's a lot of things that may race through their mind and especially with the hormonal changes when she's pregnant. A lot of things. And so, this is where her partner has to be there with her. And yeah, they'll have those crazy appetites. I remember when my friend was pregnant. And unfortunately, she didn't know who the baby's father was long story behind that and this woman turned me down the first time I tried talking to her and that's how we became friends she said I can't talk to you I'm like why not you went out with one of my friends oh I did who was that and she called me and I said oh yeah I did and we would tease each other because she would be going out with all these different guys well eventually she got pregnant And she said, could you do a favor for me? I said, what's that? Could you bring me over a small pizza from Pizza Hut? It's Kentucky Fried Chicken and a shake from In-N-Out Burger. I said, just a shake. She said, just a shake. She said, well, send me some fries too. I watched this woman scarf all that shit down just like it was paper. She ate everything. Because I didn't think she was going to. She knocked 
it out. She had a beautiful daughter. And she really took care of that child. And that child wound up going to school. Later on having a family. And did very well for herself. But she was honest with her daughter. And told her. I honestly God don't know who your father is. And she felt some kind of way about it at first. I don't know if she ever found him or not. But. Nicole, if you're out there, kudos to you. You did a splendid job with your daughter. The other thing that we have to look at here. Remember I talk about caregiving? About setting up a plan as a couple? If you're around 35 to 44, you may start experiencing this early parents are older they may need some assistance don't let your partner handle that alone see you got certain issues that you have to deal with sometimes where your partner may be the youngest sibling or even the oldest and they're stuck with the responsibility of taking care of mom and dad and the rest of the siblings are sitting back wanting reports and updates, but they don't want to get involved and get their hands dirty. They only want to show up at the funeral. Or if they do happen to come out to visit, they want to buy them new clothes and new things and make sure that they look good in it. And they're more concerned about, is she still wearing the outfit that I bought her? Or the pajamas that I bought dad? Instead of asking about the parents. your partner's really going to need you because see a lot of relationships fall apart at this juncture so before you get involved in a relationship at this level or if you're in one you guys need to discuss this because this is a reality that you may have to face and both of you may have to lean on each other when this is happening her parents, his parents, and have a plan. A word to the wise that I will tell you, know what your limits are. You're not a medical doctor for the most part, most of you, and even if you are, I don't think you want to work on your own parents. So have a plan where if they need more expertise and more assistance, that you can get them help in a facility. Because some of you will literally tear your marriages and relationships apart because you won't have time for each other. And that will feed into that loneliness. And especially if you're doing everything in your power to help your parents and your partner is just sitting there with their arms folded saying that's your problem, those are your folks. Don't be surprised that very same person comes back to you when they have problems with their parents and expecting you to go in there and save the day. Be mindful of that. Have a plan, some sort of plan. 
Single mothers, believe it or not, experience a lot of loneliness. They made a choice. They could either be married or in a relationship that failed or marriage that failed. And they may think, nobody wants me. I'm a single mom with children. The one thing I'll tell you ladies is this. If you lower your ambitions to a little bit more realistic trajectory, you'll be fine. Those of you that think you're going to hit the lottery and get with the six-figure man that's going to take on a woman with a whole bunch of kids, you're doing nothing but shooting yourselves in the foot. Instead, you might want to focus on a decent, good man that's going to be stable and that will see you through. And a word to the wise ladies. Usually if you meet a guy that's over the age of 35 or so, he's either been married or possibly has a kid. So if you're still trying to If you're a single mom and you're in your 20s, yeah, you're going to get dinged for that a lot more harsher than you would with an older guy. Because it's kind of an expectation. Usually when you get around your 40s or so, most of the women that the guys are going to date will already have children, teenage children. She's in her 50s, they'll probably be grown. Same thing in her 60s. One of those things that come with the territory. You may feel like an outsider. A social midfit. No matter where you go, no matter how you try to, you're kind of awkward with it. And you become very subconscious about it. And then you stop going to events. You start, stop going to socialize. And you isolate yourself. That's not a good thing. You know what? Sometimes you need to take your awkwardness out. Take it with you. And guess what? Somebody just as awkward as you, if not more awkward than you are. Hey, you guys may hit that chemistry. Who knows? In other words, find comfort in being yourself. Don't worry about the critics. Don't worry about the naysayers. They're not going to pay your light bill. Uh, They're not going to help you pay rent. Those people are not going to give you words of comfort. They're just there to benefit as much as they can. Don't give them that kind of credence. All right, let's go on here. single moms and here's something that a lot of guys don't believe but it's just so true you pretty ladies out there I mean you ladies that are lonely because you can't find a date because guys are intimidated by your beauty And your girlfriends hate you because you're that girl. And those 
friends of yours that you may find that want to be around you, you find that the only reason why they want you to go out with them or go places with them is because you're attractive and you'll draw them in. So you feel as though you're being used by these women. And half the guys that approach you, you don't really want to deal with because the way they look at it, they see a swarm of women over there. So therefore, everybody and their mother's coming over to try to talk to you. But you may just want a simple guy and you're a very attractive woman. And he sits there in disbelief like, nah, this, this is not real. And you wind up by yourself. I.E., Monica and I. I knew when I saw her, she was way out of my league. What she wore when I met her was more than I made in a year. So I knew damn well. And she was the one that had to convince me. There was no way making $820 a month. It was no way. But it worked out. I was lonely at the time. She was lonely. I had lost my father. And she was a good person, very good person. The only, now there's a sense of loneliness with being the only. Let me give an example. Many of the IT assignments that I had, I was only black. radio. Only black. In certain areas. And here's the problem. You feel isolated. And of course, we get in our comfort zone based on preferences, right? And what that means is that Some people don't want to associate with you based on stigmas. So you're kind of persona non grata. You're kind of out there in a sense. In some ways you don't matter. And so that means that people will think it's okay to say things or crack jokes. Because it's only one of you. Ladies, some of you face this in the workplace when men take, uh, say those sexist jokes or make those comments. And y'all men and out been in the office. And go into HR and they'll call you a wimp. And they'll say, oh, look at this. She's snitching. Difficult to contend with, but one thing you got to remember is this. This is when you have to rely on your sense of self, who you are as a person. And remember one thing. 
It's situational loneliness. It's only at that moment in time it works. You don't live with those people. You probably won't be around them long anyway. Because eventually, you'll catch up with them. Lost relationships. Now, this is a big one. Some women will isolate themselves after losing a relationship. She gets with another woman and she wants him back. She's willing to give him a chance. She's going over his house. She's doing all these things. Anything to get him back in her life. And in some cases, if it's based on sex only, she'll go for it just as long as she's there with him. Ladies, you have too many choices to make to make that choice. It would be different if you were not in demand, but you are. So don't put yourself down like that. You don't have to. You got more things coming forward. Women will isolate themselves and be lonely based on their body. I don't look good enough to go out anywhere. I don't look good enough to go to the beach. I don't look good enough. Don't tell yourself that. If you go out to the beach, nobody's going to point at you and say, Oh, look at her body. She's not good enough to be here. Nobody's going to say that. That's worth a damn. But you start by not saying it about yourself. Some of you will isolate yourselves because you're overwhelmed by things. The magnitude of things that are going on. Might have survived a natural disaster or something. Or found out you got a horrible leak in your house or something like that. Put in perspective. It has nothing to do with who you are as a person. It's a material thing. And that's one thing that we have a problem with sometimes is separating ourselves from materialism. You know, I looked at that uh, house in Laguna Niguel that time on the news. When they were talking about it, it was teetering. And then finally it fell off. And one of the insurance guys that was that they interviewed, he said, no, he said that was a bad deal from the beginning. And the owner knew it. Sometimes we hook ourselves into material things because that's part of our identity. And we don't have to. Remember when you came out of the birth canal, you didn't have Gucci, Prada, or anything else. You only had you. And you had to develop into the person you are today. That's the person you need to keep intact and need to keep the core values too. The rest of this shit, you're going to leave it behind throughout life anyway. Frustration is another one. You're tired of going online, tired of meeting jerks, tired of going out on dead dates, 
So you're going to isolate yourself by not going anywhere, not doing anything. There are no good men out there. Don't start that whole rhetoric. You just haven't met any decent men yet. So you're liking it. all this happened. You don't have to write it all off. Anger. Along with frustration. May keep you isolated. Now this may voluntarily isolate you. If you don't get your anger under control. Because nobody wants to go out with someone that's angry, bitter, upset. Have to go there. Don't feel like you're the exclusion, that you're being left out because there may not be enough room in the car or something like that. You probably come out at an advantage if you're going out with your girlfriends and there's no room in, in your best friend's car and now you feel like you're being left out. Well, be thankful on several levels. Think about it for a moment. They're all dependent on your friend, right? You can leave as you so see fit because you have control over your arrival and your departure. The rest of those folks don't. So you don't necessarily have to feel you're left out all the time because you're not with the crowd. Don't let the crowd define don't let the crowd define you. You let the crowd miss you. Because you define yourself. estrangement from family members. Some of you feel bad like during holidays and birthdays and those kind of things because family members are not speaking to you. You're not speaking to them for whatever reason. And fellas, these are all things that I'm pointing out that women grapple with that when they want to talk, these are some of the things that they want to talk about that they're dealing with. As I told you before, women are groomed not to complain. And ladies, I will tell you, nagging is not the way to go. Don't do it. You want to see if you can communicate with your partner effectively, but you don't want to nag. Because when you get to doing that, It's only going to intensify his resilience of not wanting to be around you, not wanting to communicate. My ex-wife used to tell me, honey, if you love me, you take out the trash because I just threw away something that's going to stink. I'm like, damn. She said if I loved her... And then I'd go with something ridiculous. I'd take out the trash and I'd say, honey, you know what? If you love me, you'll let me go and marry another woman. <laughs> and she'd look at me before she'd throw a shoe at me. i try to duck in time. But <laughs> in all fun, no, we would do things like that to te- tease each other. 
at times. But the one thing to keep in mind is that you're going to have to realize that a lot of this is going to start with you internally. People won't be able to do this for you. You have to get with someone that you can share your feelings with. Someone you can talk to. Someone you can open up to. Because, see, there's a cost to be with somebody you want as opposed to somebody you need. So the person you need will allow you without any problem. Now, I'm not talking about in that condescending allow. I'm talking about will listen to you and will give you feedback. That person you want may not do that because they feel as though, well, be thankful you're here. So they have a whole different attitude. Now, now as you know, I tell you ladies not to share too much with other girlfriends, family members, about your relationship. And here's why I say this. Now, some psychologists disagree with me on this point. The reason why I say this in particular is because if it gets into the wrong ear, very well be re-engineered as a weapon against your relationship by somebody that may want your man or by someone that wants to see the relationship end. That's the reason why I say if you guys can't resolve it yourselves go to a third party, go through a counselor so in that way the bias is pulled out of it completely from both sides, from your girlfriends, your family, and all that. And not only that, you can get some honest opinions that you may not like, but they'd be the truth. Your family and friends are going to try to sugarcoat things for one perspective or another. So you're not really getting something that's thorough. You're getting something that's tainted. Now, Women of color may have to endure a lot more of these things to combat loneliness because they have a lot of other things on their plate, such as discrimination. Women have it too, but you have it based on, if you're Caucasian, you just have it based on your gender. Black women, Asian women, Latin women have it sometimes based on not only their gender, but their race. Things such as people saying things such as, well, you know, the only reason why you got this job was due to affirmative action. See why you're the only Asian in here or the only Latino in here. Again, makes you feel isolated, makes you feel alone. Even though you know you got there based on your credentials. And that's something I never understood during the 80s because I looked up the stats during it. I went to the library to look it up. When they started talking about how affirmative action jobs were pushing whites out of jobs. And I looked and I saw that only about 47% of affirmative action-based jobs were actually filled throughout the country at that given time, back in the 1980s. So, where was this exodus of people? They were supposed to have lost their jobs and were out there on the doles because of affirmative action. It didn't exist. 
just like they manufactured the angry white male. He didn't get mad until he realized he lost his job in Pennsylvania and Ohio and Michigan at the Ford plant. And those jobs were being taken down to places like Georgia and South Carolina. Remember the Saturn dealership? I mean, the uh, plants that they built down there? And they wanted them mad at what? Affirmative action and welfare. When the problem was, they were taking the bread and butter out of the Rust Belt and bringing it down south. All right. There's a sense of worthlessness. Some people will feel I'm not good enough, so therefore let me go and hide myself. Not necessary. Not necessary. You can't validate yourself based on what the Joneses have. I'm telling you, you don't want to do that. Because, like I told you, you don't know if Mr. Jones is uh, selling meth and Mrs. Jones selling pussy. You don't know. Never compare yourself to anyone else. It's not worth it. They may have breaks that you never had. You know, like these people go out and read these books on how they became, how the person became a millionaire, and they really don't tell you some of the intricacies of it. They just kind of flow through it. Just like everybody else has those resources that they had. Find it interesting sometimes. Read some of those. It's like, damn, you omitted all that shit that you had to do. <laughs> but that's the way it goes. Still working on the book, folks. It's going to take a minute. Because I got a skill down in it. Um, also, in closing here, you will also have to deal with a couple of We at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. 
Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.